Howdy. Howdy. My name's Andrew Merrick, and this is episode five of Andy's Picks Podcast. Um, on today's episode, I'm going to share more of my understanding about things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and uh, credit churning and more as I, uh, I'm going to go into my journal more just to kind of help understand my purpose uh, and share that with you. So I heard... I heard something the other day that was on a Joe Rogan podcast. It was really interesting to me. It was a conversation with a guy named Sadhguru. Um, and he said that one of the things that Sadhguru said, who is a uh, practicing yogi um, from India. and uh, So anyway, he said that the question, like a, a when he's asked it, when he's asking a question, he's not trying to do it to uh, corner somebody or anything like that, but rather it's an opportunity for both of them to go deeper. Uh, so when he's asking a question, he's not trying to box you in or castrate you for your beliefs. Rather, uh, he's looking for added depth in a conversation. That's kind of why I'm doing this, just for more depth. So today, I want to try and focus on that depth. Uh, so the main reason I'm doing this is because I'm trying to share the true and full picture of uh, my life and me. And in order to do that, I must learn how to convey tremendous depth through my work. Um, luckily for me, the plan's already out there. So step-by-step -step tutorials to success from everybody from Mr. Beast to Ben Shapiro are available online. Uh, as everybody who's very successful in today's world seemingly wants to share everything they learned. Uh, one guy that I've um, been hooked on for a little bit is Alex Hormozzi. Uh, Alex is the owner of Acquisition.com, a company that generates about $85 million in revenue annually. Uh, he started out as a gym entrepreneur uh, before pivoting to business education and scaling that to what it is now. Um, to my understanding, acquisition.com is a conglomerate that specializes in obtaining a controlling stake of companies with the hope of improving and renovating their interior functions. And the beauty of this business model is that uh, through equity, his company retained, they, excuse me, they, uh, They, instead of like directly being paid, although they are paid, they're also paid in equity, um, which are because they're going after the controlling stake, um, they get a piece of the company so that when they're done with all their work, it's like they still get a piece. And equity is more important than um, simple transaction most of the time. Uh, Hormozzi has a... So he has a net worth of over a billion dollars and he's recently taken his experiences to YouTube um, and he starts every episode with an introduction saying that he's not doing this to make money, rather he just wants to share what he knows for anybody who doesn't want to be poor and that's it. And that's a similar trait that I see all across the board amongst those who are extremely successful in today's world. All those guys are itching at this opportunity to share what they know and help someone else succeed. Even Mr. B spoke about how he continuously mentors six or seven 
YouTube creator simply just as a creative outlet for himself. He helps all them out for free just just because he loves to do it. He's also smart enough to use that platform out to test ideas and teachings that he has because that means he doesn't have to invest in it and film it himself. Uh, rather, he can just tell someone else to do it and they'll do it. <laughs> so what's the formula with podcasts? Uh, it's simple. Produce content around anything. Uh, and then market the living shit out of it. That's, that's literally it. It's literally just do anything and market it. Uh, so I just got to keep going and figure out stuff to, I guess, write about. Uh, but that's why I've been reading my journal a lot, though. It's, it's content available for me to use at my own discretion. So why not share it in hopes of conveying the confusion that I've often felt over the last few years? So, um, at the, the next piece of my last journal that I, I wrote, um, which was, sorry, I gotta open it up and see when the date was. Yeah, it was sometime in August. It was August. Oof. August 3rd, 2021. Um, excuse me, August 8th. On August 8th, I was watching a video. It was a Joe Rogan podcast. And I, um, I decided to write down a quote from that. So I said... Quote, young men who are pushed in a right-leaning direction by the movement of the radical left alienating them. End quote. That was Jordan Peterson on episode 1006. 1006. Um, but he's talking about, as I said before, Jordan Peterson is a um, clinical psychologist from Canada. Uh and he's come to prominence due to his beliefs uh, around free speech and protecting that right in Canada, especially um, with the Bill C-16 and the more recent C-67 bill. Um, some appalling stuff going on there. But uh, anyways, he was talking about how the left is, in the mainstream uh, Democratic Party is moving more and more left. Uh, and although I think that was a party that, as a child, when I knew very little, I could have identified with, it's difficult to identify with that today. Uh, so I wrote that I think that this is a very good definition of my political leanings. Uh, I wrote that because it's not so much as it's a definition of what I believe, but it's a definition of what I was feeling. Whether Rather, I was, uh, I was getting pushed out or... I was getting asked to believe these things or die, <laughs> like the classic of the New Hampshire or New Hampshire saying, uh, "Live free or die." Fucking New Hampshire! What do you think's gonna happen? Um, but another thing that I wrote that day was I wrote <laughs> just some dumb stuff about a an argument I guess I have with my friends. But at the end of it, I wrote something kind of interesting. I said. I want to be very clear. 
at this moment in time, I'd rather, I'd much rather have Jocko out of my life than Barbara in my life. And it's not all that close. And that's kind of, so I'm saying I'd rather, I'd rather have this guy out of my life than this girl in my life. I'd rather have nothing than both because I know both doesn't work. Uh, and that was a difficult realization that I think I started to come to during that time in my life. It was, you can't have everything. Um, and sometimes you really do have to choose. Uh, and sometimes the best decision is neither. Um, so it's just another instance of me on the typical high school BS, trying to sift my way through in order to, in hopes of getting past it. But in the end, I figured it was just, better to lose both and then try to work then try and working with either um i came to the conclusion that uh i came to that conclusion because i wanted to work on myself Uh, the fear of being alone and isolated was minute compared to the possibility of dread and misery within a dynamic that i found no comfort in Uh, at the beginning of this entry i also started outlining my political beliefs uh as i did write down that quote and so uh i remember at this time in my life i found a a little bit of solace in quotes because i was unable to articulate my thoughts and emotions the way that i wanted to so i would try and remember the words of like other people so that same afternoon i wrote down a lot more quotes the first comes from an interview with a great actor Anthony Hopkins, uh, which you may know from The Silence of the Lambs or my favorite work of his, Two Popes, which is on Netflix and I believe it was produced by Netflix. Um, but I'm a little bit of a connoisseur of the cinema. Anyways, when Hopkins was asked if he had any regrets, he said, quote, I don't, don't have time to regret. We move on. Because we are acceptable for what we are, not what we think we should be. I'm accepted in myself by what I am, and not as I think I should be, because that's a lie. I am a sinner, an old sinner. I've done some bad things. I've done some good things. So you know, you just forgive yourself and move on. Wow, that's kind of what I thought when I first heard it. But uh, the next quote I wrote down was from Robert Kiyosaki the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a book where uh, he shares the different perspective of capital investments that he garnered from his business owner mentor uh, when he was a young man compared to the lessons that he got from his actual father. So he said, well, why would you save money when they're printing money? And quote, he said, uh, amidst the year when the Fed produced an absurd amount of money, uh, back in 2020, he said that he, it, they brought the total up from $4 trillion in circulation in January of 2020 to $20 trillion as of October 2021. Uh, and people have the audacity to be befuddled by inflation. Well, anyways, Kiyosaki said, uh, why would you save money when they're printing money? Because that's what you've been told to do. So question that. If you cannot think, I cannot help you. Uh, he also said, it doesn't matter where you are in life because it's always your next move. Your next move is what counts. 
You can change your life if you want to. I wrote, I remember the Graham Stephan video about getting into real estate. Now I think I finally have an idea of what 10 years of grunt work will look like. Quote, the big difference between real estate and stocks is management. If you can't manage, stay in stocks. That was another quote from Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, his a YouTube video called Proven Strategies for Real Estate, uh, which I'll link in the bio of my, my YouTube video. Uh, so I took some more notes. This is all just me like, it, it's kind of, it started with just quotes and then it was kind of like, wow, they got something to say. Maybe I should listen to these guys. And then it was like, oh, how are these guys making money? They seem to know some stuff. So that video, Robert Kiyosaki's Proven Strategies for Real Estate, said education is a process. Everybody starts with one bed and one bath. That piece of advice is a little outdated now, but he also said um, that the phrase, I don't have money, I can't start, is not an excuse. Uh, and then everybody should get your mind in the game. Everything that you should buy should be based on cash flow. Um, don't save money, but get into debt. Uh, Robert's real estate class teacher was a real estate investor who didn't need the money. He just loved to teach and inspire people. So here's a personal goal of mine. $100,000 in passive income. I like how when I wrote that goal, I didn't really put barriers on it. I just said that I want that. Uh, I also said that I want to have the opportunity to pursue things the things that I love with the career flexibility to do so. Um, I took some more notes. It said property management, question mark, quote, real estate is running a business. Quote, education gives you an edge over other investors. Quote, if you're in stocks, you're in equity. Quote, the whole system relies on bank financing. All these people work so hard to put their cash in these banks which is a liability for them. So yeah, that's just some, some people have been like asking me like, where did I uh, like start researching this, the, like the career path that I'm doing now? Uh, I literally just started from looking at people that I admired and seeing what they were doing. Uh, but I hope that these experiences are not unique to me, um, especially amongst other young men I feel like society today seems to teach that peak performance and reaching your potential means a lifestyle where everything is handed to you and you don't step on anyone's toes, the utopian society idea. But in reality, young men especially need responsibility to drive them and discipline through which we can find freedom. So that's why I ask so many questions. Um, I want to figure out where I fit in and where I can contribute fruitfully to uh, the society that I actually live in. Uh, not the utopian-like society being continuously uh, pushed by the left-leaning media organizations. But as I said before, a lot of the thoughts in my first journal were like all over the place. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, so that being said, I wanted to share the beginning of my second journal uh, which I actually just finished writing uh, a 
couple days ago and I moved on to my third journal, but it, it kind of shows the path I was taking to study and learn. It's on 12 December 20th, 2021. Right after I got the journal, I wrote part two, the next step, I guess. I'm more confident in referring to this as the next step rather than college. Side note, this is after I dropped out of college and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I got a job at Honda selling cars and I was just seeing what the next step held. Um, anyway, so I said, I'm more confident referring to this as the next step rather than college. Because I can, can predict my consistency in applying effort into this and I also have a general idea of the steps that come next. College did not provide me with similar confidence, particularly because I didn't yet understand my direction or purpose. But college did provide me with enough first-hand knowledge to know that it wasn't for me. Hey, maybe now Jocko will do a story about the young Moeller alum and Smoy alum selling Hondas to a number of Moeller staff. I'm excited for the future. A little bit later, I, I started taking notes on Bitcoin because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know enough about what it was. Uh, so I wrote, Bitcoin is a decentralized currency, all caps, decentralized. It can be seen as a substitute for the dollar under the notion that enough people will, will transact with it. Wait, Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, I was watching a Ben Shapiro movie, uh, just said that since FDR or fully Nixon, in parentheses, took the U.S. off the gold standard, parentheses, FDR stopped people from trading paper for gold at the Fed. Uh, he put an end to the practice of going to a bank and being like, hey, I got 20 bucks, I'm 20 bucks worth of gold. Uh, anyways, when this happened, the dollar became a fiat currency, uh, which is a currency whose value fully predicates on the belief of its user. I think I'm starting to fully understand what the work I'm, I'm starting to understand the workings behind Bitcoin and where it's benefit lies. Uh, let's keep watching. That's what I, that's what I wrote. Uh, anyways, Bitcoin takes away the control that a government per se has on a currency and their control over printing and circulation as well as inflation. Bitcoin offers a currency that can operate with the absence or absence of any centralized currency. For this to occur, uh, it must have enough people who believe in the value of that as a currency and hope that enough people as well will. <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling a bit right now, so I'm going to watch on. I, that's what I wrote. Uh, I took a quote away. It said, why does Bitcoin have value? Where does it get value? Theoretically, if no one wanted to use Bitcoin anymore and everybody decided to stop using it, its value would plummet and theoretically go to zero. But the advantage is that no government has control over it. No government has the power to turn it to zero. It is a decentralized currency. You don't have to worry if the founders of Bitcoin are ever going to inflate the value of it at any time. That's why it's called cryptocurrency. There are set parameters and rules into the software that limit the amount in circulation as a set number. I ask myself, is Bitcoin potentially the next big thing of my generation? 
I feel like as I learn more about it, the more that I think that it has to yet reach its full potential. Blockchain technology is what prevents people from using the same Bitcoin twice. Every transaction creates a block, and as those blocks build up over time, create credit. Those transactions are being verified millions of time, and that is the mining process. Shapiro said that we aren't even able to comprehend how this verification is taking place, but it is happening. And as more and more of these blocks build up, it becomes fundamentally not possible. Excuse me. As more of these blocks build up, it becomes more and more valuable. No one is screwing around with the currency because it is fundamentally not possible. Bitcoin is entirely inherent on how many people use it. It is no different than gold other than gold is a hard asset and Bitcoin is a digital asset. Elon Musk's $1.5 billion investment in Bitcoin is saying that he believes that in time, as more people turn away from centralized government, the value of it will increase. People might say, instead of putting my money, which is being inflated by the U.S., government of whom debts occur, or would I put it in gold or Bitcoin? Well, I can't actually use gold for any transactions, but I can use Bitcoin at my local grocery store. Both are great benefits of the latter. Governments fear that people might start looking at this as a better alternative long-term investment than buying bonds. That means as people turn away from the dollar, the government won't be able to raise enough money to raise enough debt to fund enough things. Government also has no knowledge of how you use Bitcoin. And then I wrote a, well, yeah, so fucking Bitcoin. Um, one of the things that people are worried about Bitcoin is the fact that it is a cryptocurrency, but it's unique in the fact that Bitcoin is one of the only truly decentralized cryptocurrency. Uh, even like Ethereum has a CEO and has people that um, have the power to control its circulation uh, if they wanted to. But Bitcoin's unique in the fact that it's just, it's the software. I, I can't even comprehend it because I don't understand it like that enough. I just don't understand how it works um, for me, if that makes sense. Uh, I wrote down a quote from Gary Vaynerchuk, who's a media marketing guy. Uh, he said, quote, I don't like talking about things I don't know about. And I feel the exact same way. Uh, 60 to 70% of his research uh, is done before he even starts talking about things. And his excitement comes from that three to four months of research and all that pent-up excitement. Another thing he said is, well, I do this for the viewers, watching this who are a kind, authentic, great group of people. He always talks about how you should value your viewers and listen to them and keep them happy. Uh, the next day I kept writing, and another quote was from, again, Jordan Peterson, and it said, Untouched verbal expression can lead to an explanation of your fears. And what does that mean? Peterson is, uh, Peterson is talking about the Freudian concept of allowing one to say whatever it is that comes to their mind. And in that, people tend to linger on the things that are bothering them. 
and that often leads them to confront what they're afraid of. He also spoke about an underlying moral value that people have that is realized to them through these transcendent experiences and spread through Semitic teachings and practices. Quote, the suffering of being is so intolerable that it better be eradicated. That's one hell of an argument. A lot of people get traumatized by malevolence. Life's hard. That's what that means. He's pretty much saying, life's difficult. It'd be better off if we got rid of it because it's inherently treacherous. And most people just fall ill to that. A couple hours later, I said, I'm watching a Graham Stephan video about building multiple sources of income. Graham Stephan is a... He's a younger real estate guy. I think he started as a he started oof, he started as a real estate agent. And I believe he started buying properties and then got into YouTube. And now he does YouTube and a podcast and anyways, he cited a stat from the IRS that said that 65% of millionaires had three sources of income, 45% had four so sources of income. 29% had five or more streams of income. He suggests doing focus groups in spare time to earn like a couple hundred bucks or 600 bucks a month. Uh, he noted that he joined an agency that sent him like one to three emails per week with opportunities and stuff. Another suggestion is the classic Gary Vee suggestion of flipping items online. Uh, he, he said that there's a lot of free stuff on Craigslist, which is junk, but every once in a while you can find like a perfectly good refrigerator and give it better pictures and then literally sell it. Um, and so Gary Vee talks about going to like eBay or garage sales and all that. Uh, here's, if you might not have picked up, this is just some, um, ideas for possible income streams. Uh, as I said before, most millionaires have multiple streams of income. Uh, this next one is probably my favorite one. It's called credit churning. Uh, credit churning is the practice of signing up for a credit card and then spending only the minimal amount to get the cash back or bonus award points. This can range from a few hundred dollars to even $2,000 on some of the premium cards. The, the practice also helps you build credit over the long term. It does require you to spend some money up front, but hopefully over time it'll develop the proper understanding to see the full value of a rebate. And why did I say that I like this? Because I actually used this method to buy my Keurig. I have a Keurig over there that I bought at Bed Bath & Beyond. It was like 200 bucks. It's a very nice Keurig. Would never have bought it if I didn't get it for free because I just used cash back on my credit card. I had a couple hundred bucks in rewards and I was like, hey, I really want a new Keurig. I don't want to buy a new Keurig. But I've been spending money anyways and I learned how to put it through my credit card. Like I'm only 18 and I have a credit score of 750 just because um, I've just been using my credit card. Uh, and I got free stuff for it. And I know with some of the premium cards, it's like, what, 2000 bucks a year? Well, it's like, yeah, but you're going to spend 4000 bucks on all these services anyways. 
might as well spend two thousand dollars on the card and get all those services for free so you end up saving two thousand anyways and then you get cash back from that even more back so it's just about being mindful of your finances and stuff like that uh Another suggestion he had is uh, look into monetizing skills that I have. Um, so, like, what I thought about is I think I, that I have a skill for writing. So maybe I set up a consulting practice helping people with emails or company communications. Oh, shoot. Some of that's marketing. Yeah, I wrote that because I hated marketing in high school. I'm doing marketing now because uh, I kind of realized the new age of marketing. But I hated the old I can try to get something out there people I don't know I just don't I don't really like the old way of marketing all the TV ads and all that uh, but he also notes the Graham Stephan here also notes the value of starting a YouTube channel uh, which is what he did and what he does full-time now he said that it takes a while to get started and everybody will give you shit for how much your content sucks at the beginning uh, but I said that I want to explore this YouTube idea I keep coming to this idea of changing every guy's name to Jocko, because I admire Jocko Willick, uh, as he was somebody who was never the best at everything, never the worst at everything, but found his purpose and sacrificed everything for that. And in the end, he came out a better man and a better leader with humility and respect for others. I want to make a YouTube channel reading my journal. What I want to do is share my story about how I transitioned from who I was in January, the 235-pound lost high school senior uh and to the person i am now 177 pounds of pure steel and iron <laughs> i sound like trump um i feel like if i share my story i can help a whole lot of people uh so i, I want to introduce myself and make an intro briefly describing who i am where i am today and tell people that they're going to hear a story i need a camera and a microphone and that was the end. And that's where I'm going to leave it today. That's, I hope that gave you a little bit more insight about who I am um, and the path that I took to get where I am today. It's just a lot of being willing to learn all the time. And with that, this is Andy's Picks Podcast. I appreciate you listening. I really do because you got this far. Um, at first, I didn't care because I told you before the content sucked. But now I'm starting to care. I'm starting to tell my story so appreciate it Andy's Picks Podcast like I said before hit me up on Instagram uh, hit me up pretty much anywhere you can listen to this anywhere you get your podcast and it should be available on YouTube when you're listening to this thank you